0: Welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklit. I am Kim, your host. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklit highlights films, television programs, and stage plays featuring African-Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to some of these programs and how they may or may not impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Today, it is my pleasure to highlight the playwright of Was It Me, Andrea J. Fulton. Welcome, Andrea.
1: Wow, thank you so much for having me, Kim. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's
0: our pleasure to have you here. So before we start talking about the play and some of its themes, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got into playwriting? Ah, Okay.
1: So, um, well, I... I've been a writer really all my life. Um, I, I started writing um, plays, I'm sorry, I started writing poetry and songs at the age of eight. And uh, I was sort of that go to person where everybody around me, they knew that I could write and, and uh, so they'd come to me to write all kinds of things. And um, so ultimately, I, I wound up meeting some people in the industry and uh, got behind the scenes and, and I realized there was a, a, such a paucity of um, opportunities for people of color. And and it, it really uh, saddened me and, and, and made me, um, it gave me the idea that I wanted to make a difference with this if I could. So I got the idea to produce. And uh, I said, well, what will I produce? And I said, well, write something. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, you know, me being a writer, it, it was really a natural progression uh, to, to start writing plays and, and producing them. And, and then that way I could give people the opportunities,
0: the kinds of opportunities that I hope that they would have. Oh, awesome. That's amazing. So how did your partnership with the Theater of for the New City come about?
1: Uh-huh. So, uh, well, what happened when I started writing, um, you know, when you start doing anything, the you start talking about it, you know and and I, I, I was very excited about what I was doing and and encountered a friend who said, well you know uh, theater for the new city has this new thing that they're doing where they're doing a they have a, a brand new festival of plays and you should apply to it and uh, so so I did and um, apparently there they received more more than 400 plays uh, and I was uh, fortunate enough to be selected as you know, one of those.
0: So your play, Was It Me, is in this festival and you're coming off the back end of the thick of this whole pandemic shutdown. Theaters were shut down. Talk about some of the challenges that you have in getting your play to where it is right now. Crystal
1: Field, who is the founder, one of the co-founders of Theater for the New City, She has really loved my work all these years, and she's always wanted um, my she's wanted to uh, have my plays debut there. So when I told her that I had a brand new one that I was working on, she said, Andrea, I got to have it. We got to do it at Theater for the New City. And she actually asked me when she It was in really the height of the pandemic. And she said, "You know, we're not open now, but we'll, you know, we hope to be open again, you know, before long." And she asked me when I wanted to do it. So I, I just—this was last year. I picked uh, this, this, uh, this fall. You know, I I said, "Well, hopefully things will be back up and running and okay." And so, as it turns out, uh, I, my show is actually the very first show of this season during the pandemic. So uh, that being said, it, it's, it's incredible challenges uh, in terms of, um, you know, meeting the mandates where people have to be vaccinated. There's no question, there's no way around it. There's no allowing for some alternative uh, reason that you're not, um, and, and theater for the new city having uh, been in business now for 50 years, they, they don't want to take any chances. So, um, so yeah, so it's been very difficult actually meeting the mandate because uh, within our community especially, there's a lot of reticence uh, about the vaccine and uh, people are concerned, they're fearful, they're resentful, there are all kinds of things. And uh, because of that, uh, I've literally had to recast from top to bottom three times. Wow. So yeah, so the result that people will see if they see the show it will be a, a result of um, incredible fortitude <laughs> you know, <laughs> and perseverance. So um, where we all the people that are on board right now, they're all vaccinated. And uh, even though they had very little time to prepare, uh, we all were very committed to making it happen. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, about being able to move forward and get it done.
0: Wow. Well, well done. Well done. We applaud you for this accomplishment because, you know, when we see the play, we just see a play. It looks easy breezy. But, you know, I don't think people can appreciate what really goes behind putting all that together. So well done. Well done. That's a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, so was it me, you emphasized the significance in embracing mm-hmm. mental health and wellness in the black community. Tell our audience what your sp- perspective is on this topic, and why you chose this as a theme for this particular play.
1: Okay, thank you for that question. Uh, well, I, I think, among our people, among um, the black community in particular and, and among really all minority communities. Um, people, I think, tend to feel um, that they have to be strong, you know, they, they have to be strong and, and that if they're not doing what is some common notion of strong uh, or, or displaying this incredible um, superhuman strength, you know, being super man and super woman, um, then, then they, are, um, they have a problem and, and they, nobody wants to feel like they have a problem and, and that they're not normal or, or that they're weak or, or, or that um, they have something that they can't rise above themselves. So recognizing this being a, a recurring theme among our people and, and among so many minorities to, to really feel like they need to be this super, super person I just wanted to be able to let them know, hey, it's okay to to, uh, experience things and uh, experience all kinds of trauma, just experience life's
0: challenges. And it's okay to get help. Very, very important message. Now, in the material I read that um, Was It Me was based on some actual experiences. What was your process in taking those experiences and putting it in a play or how did you decide what experiences to put in the play?
1: Excellent question. Well, you know, um, for me, <clears throat> uh, uh, to me, I, I think uh, a lot of people when they're writing there, they're, they're going to be a lot of things as based on their own personal experience, you know, whatever is kind of close to them. Uh, so, so yeah, I and and, and to me, it, it takes a, a lot of bravery to do that, you know, to put some of your personal stuff into it. Uh, so, I just felt it valuable to do that, uh, and I, I wanted to include as many things as I thought people could relate to, uh, and also, um, in a couple of places, you know, there's always going to be some conjecture where you kind of embellish on, on things, um, uh, but but yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that I was adding things that I thought people could relate to. Uh, I, I wanted people to go to the play and I wanted everyone to find um, one of the characters that they could identify with, uh, one of the experiences, one of the characters, something. Uh, or, or, you know, whether it's a, a personal experience of theirs or, or maybe someone they know, you know, I just wanted it to strike a familiar chord so that they could appreciate it and be comfortable with it and, and be able to discuss it and share it.
0: Amazing, amazing. How do you think the attitude in the Black community has evolved over the years when it comes to seeking help with mental health? So, so yeah,
1: I, I think... Um, what I love to see is, is that there is a change. There's a change, uh, not even so much internally from individuals, there's a change externally where um, where therapy, especially when offered by people of color, is more prevalent, it's more accessible, it's more, you, you see it advertised now, you know? Uh, I, I think as we, um, as people in general have become more diversity conscious, especially with all of the things that that we've dealt with um, as people over the last few years, um, you know, there's more of a commitment to to being supportive of uh, various cultures, various challenges, and uh, and to ensuring a broader uh, representation. In everything. So, um, so, you know, I think uh, therapy has benefited from that, you know, the clinical world has benefited from that just as just about everything in our life has benefited from a commitment to diversity and a commitment to uh, supporting uh, the underserved.
0: Now, you held talkbacks after several of the productions. Tell us why it was important for you to have these talkbacks after people saw the play, Was It Me?
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to do that just, to, just sort of as a bonus uh, to give people another way to really connect with the play out loud. You know, um, so that they would have a way, if if they wanted, to help process some of the information that they saw, and then to uh, know maybe where to go, or or just be further encouraged um, to um, to get help. You know, if it is help that they sought, or or just really to further underscore uh, the importance of support. Why
0: don't you tell our audience a little bit about some of the people who were actually on the panel? like the psychologists you had and the, the uh, people from the church who do counseling in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So they get a sense of who actually was there.
1: Okay. Thank you. So yeah,
0: first of all, it was
1: moderated by John David West. John David West uh, is an incredible uh, gentleman that uh, I, ha- I had worked with in the past when uh, I did uh, a virtual play at uh, Theater for the New City. He moderated uh, and managed and directed uh, their uh, TNC on the air programming, uh, which was their virtual programming. So I called him up. I said, "Hey, I need you to help with this. Uh, you know, be the one, be that journalist. You know, be be the one to come and ask the questions and." And, uh, and help draw the audience in and, and get their questions answered. So uh, it started with him. Uh, and then I had um, senior pastor, Rosemary Bland-Garnett. Uh, she has been uh, a pastor for 38 years um, in the black community. Um, and uh, I've been to her church. She's an incredible. Uh, and then I had uh, Danielle Fairborn Bland um, and Russell Bland. Uh, Daniil and Russell are both um, clinical psychologists and uh, therapists, and in addition, uh, Russell is also a pastor himself, so so we we got a a twofer in his case, (laughs) Uh, and then uh, we had James Holmes. James Holmes is uh, a professional, uh, he's a licensed, they all are, um, all, all of the ones who are clinical therapists are licensed social workers um so and and the uh, faith based people are all licensed minister- ministers uh and then there's also uh Lynette Shellborn uh Barfield uh she is a licensed minister and an evangelist um and she's an she's an incredible woman uh all of these people are really really uh, incredibly powerful um in their their fields and just wanted to make uh do their part and make a difference and they mm-hmm. did and they're, yeah. they're returning as well. So yeah. it's exciting.
0: That's great. That's great. Because I, I like the fact that you have these professionals and these people from the church, they're available because you never know who's going to see them, who may be touched by them. And then you bring help like front and center. So if somebody yeah. wanted to take that step to get help, it's right there. So yes, good exactly. job, good job, great job. Thank Let's you. talk about the director, uh, Kimbali Craig, am I pronouncing yes. her name correctly? Yes. How does she become involved with the project?
1: Kimbali Craig, oh my God. Um, <laughs> she is a dynamo. She is an extremely dynamic and um, uh, very broad experience and and very broadly talented woman. Uh, she herself has has um, has written things. She's directed several times, uh, and she's a very seasoned actress. Um, she's done improv. She's done um, multimedia. She's done so many things, uh, and I knew that um, that she would be a great asset. Uh, it's not too many people that can act in a lead role and direct at the same time, and and that's what she's doing in this work.
0: Um, tell us about some of the other actors that you had participating in the play okay thank you uh,
1: so yeah there's uh, Leanne Awa uh, she is she's new to our team uh, I had never worked with her before but I was so happy uh, that I did she played young Margot she played the younger version of Margot which is the role that Kimbali uh, Craig played, uh, so she played that younger version. Uh, she's doing an excellent job. So there's La Feng. she played the therapist. Um, there's uh, Matthew C. Harling. Uh, he played young Gabe. Uh, he's doing a bang up job. He was recommended to me uh, and uh, he's excelling. Uh, there's Arnold C. Baker. He played the older version of that same character, Gabe. Uh, he's doing a bang-up job. He's playing side-by-side side with Kimbali, uh, sort of as uh, their brother and sister siblings, impassioned siblings. He's doing a good job. Uh, there's Riyad Rollins. Riyad Rollins was recommended to me. He's playing uh, Young Eddie. He's doing a bang-up job. Uh, he was recommended um, by Victor Vauban uh, Jr., who is a, a colleague and friend of mine who's also a playwright. He had done things with him. He's doing. He's just really killing it. <laughs> he really is. Uh, and then there's Antoine uh, in Lewis. Antoine uh, acted in another production that I had. So uh, I just loved uh, the way that he approached things, and he's doing a phenomenal job. So uh, this is the the team that we have. I love bringing people back. Uh, you know, I sort of promote from within uh, whenever I can. So uh, that's why I brought him back to uh, prove to him, hey, you know, you do a good job one, one time, I'm sure you'll do it again and, and please do, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's who we have. Uh, let me just take a minute. Do you mind if I also uh, mention the designers on the team? Oh sure, to- yeah. Uh, I mentioned them and, and first of all, let me give a shout out to uh, Michael Green. Michael Green uh, was the dramaturg on this project. Um, and so I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have him Uh, He was able to, um, you know, take something that uh, we all had faith in and uh, help me fine tune it to get it really where it needed to be. So uh, my hat goes off to him. He did a stupendous job. Uh, Then obviously Kimbali is the director. I'm very proud and, and honored to have her. We have Melissa uh, Diaz as the stage manager. She has done uh, uh, many, many things with us over the years. There's Litza Cologne and Mark McConte. Uh, they are the um, resident um, set design and, and set building and set dressing team at Theater for the New City. Uh, they always create, they managed to create a set that had five different settings in it, which is a, 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 not an easy feat. There was Ken Coglin who did uh, both lighting and sound. Uh, another magic man, uh, anybody that is able to do lighting design and sound design uh, is, is quite a prize. Uh, and then finally, uh, last but never least, there's uh, Kathy Roberson. Kathy Roberson did the costume design. And uh, as always, she came through and and did a bang up job.
0: Yeah, they did a fantastic job. I think it's important that, like I said, when you go see a play, you see the play, you get up, you leave, and it seems easy breezy, but there's a lot of things that go into it. And there's a lot of people who contribute to the success of it. So I'm glad you were able to share that information with us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Thank you. you. I figure that's the least I can do. They (laughs) worked very, very hard, very hard. Yeah. So this is not your first play addressing mental illness. Tell us about your play, A Punk or a Gentleman.
1: Wow. Uh, Yeah, that play. um, I love that play because it it achieves so much uh, and it did it with humor. It was it's a dark comedy. A, A dark comedy is is a comedy that takes a serious topic and finds a way to make light of it. Uh, which is uh, a dark comedy is the hardest thing to write. So, um, so I'm, I'm incredibly proud of it because we managed to take a topic, which is uh, in that case, um, uh, domestic abuse, when the subject of that abuse is a man. Um, so we, we, uh, we looked at that and made fun of it and went on the journey uh, with Darren. Uh, Darren is the main character. It was played by Alan Craig Harris, uh, who, who <laughs> he was just incredible in that production. And, um, and yeah, so, so we were able to go into the world uh, of a person in that kind of predicament and kind of explore how that could happen, why that could happen, what it could mean, what it could you know, result in. Uh, and how we all can be a part of it for better or for worse. So
0: uh, so that's what that was about. Okay. I want to see that one too. So you're going to have to bring that one back around. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to bring it back. I will bring it back. Okay. So I read that you are an Adelco Award winner. Um, you want to tell us what you won the award for? Because that's a very prestigious award.
1: Well, um, My plays were the subject of six Adelco Award nominations. Four of the awards, uh, it was for uh, Best Director, Best Ensemble Cast, um, Best uh, Choreography, and Best Sound Design. Uh, And we actually, um, we won for Sound Design and we won for Choreography. And um, yeah, this was in um, Ugly as a Hard Pill. Um, so yeah, so, oh my God, that, that is a, a favorite. <laughs> so yeah, so we won for sound design with that. And uh, we also won for uh, Best Choreography. Mm-hmm. And then later uh, we did a production uh, of Two Trains Running um, mm-hmm. by August Wilson. And uh, for that, we won uh, Best Costume Design. So, um, so yeah, so those are the categories and those are the Oh, players. awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're hoping that uh, we could be nominated for something with this one. And uh, we may be lucky enough to sweep. Who knows? We, we may impress people across the board. That's what we're hoping.
0: Let me tell you, you put it out there. It's it a reality. There, <laughs> tell our audience about your organization, Anderson and Burt Kate Fulton Foundation.
1: Okay, thank you. So, yeah, that's an organization uh, that I started. Um, basically to, it's in honor of of my parents, Anderson and Bertha Cade. And um, it's named after them. And it's basically to support uh, mature adults who later in life uh, want to pursue uh, one of the many things involved in in stage productions, whether it's um, in front on stage or something behind the scenes. Um, We support people in learning uh, various uh, crafts and, uh, and then put them in a production and, and give them a way to um, practice what they've learned. Uh, we, we work with people, we work with veterans, and we work also with aspiring people. So, um, so yeah, what what I found is that um, it's, it's older people, more mature people that uh seem to be very, very committed to finally exercising these dreams, you know? Uh, sometimes young people, there's a lot of support out there for youth, you know? Uh, but, but what I found is that sometimes young people can be very fickle, you know? They're, they're still kind of exploring and trying to figure out what they wanna do. Uh, but it's, it's the mature adult who has sometimes been yearning their entire lives to pursue things, but have put those dreams on a back burner. Uh, in honor of other priorities you know whether it's work whether it's raising children supporting a husband or marriage or um, you know whatever it is uh, helping to raise grandchildren all kinds of things you know people find themselves in the middle of and and wanting to uh, to do and and help with Uh, and in the meantime they've put their own dreams uh, on a back burner so So we help them realize those dreams. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. I said, whether it's entering the business for the first time or returning to it, we're there for them.
0: Wow. Um, If somebody wanted to learn more about the organization or support the organization, um, how could they find you?
1: Mm -hmm. They can uh, go to our website, which is um, abcfulton.org, or they can write me. Um, at abcfultonorg at gmail.com they could call me 718-812-4252 and text me whatever Um, we're we're here we we will prove to be there for those um, who are really serious about um, exploring you know all the kinds of opportunities involved in doing a stage production
0: wow that that's amazing work Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people interested in doing that. Yeah. 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 So what's next for Andrea? What's your next project? You seem like you have your hands in a lot of different things. I do.
1: I do. I, I, you know, for me, I just love making a difference. I just love making a difference, making a difference on, on the stage behind the scenes and in the audience, you know, uh, with all of the people involved to produce the work, and with the people there to, to see it and experience it. So, um, you know, my, my very first play, One Drop, um, it, I recently <laughs> got in, it looks like just maybe, just maybe, is gonna become a movie, um, you know, which I'm thrilled about. Um, so, so there's the possibility of that. Uh, I'm also working on the songs. I wrote, um, there are nine original songs that appear in One Drop. Uh, so someone just recently offered to help me uh, create an album to, uh, you know, produce all of the songs from that play. Um, and also, uh, not only do I want to work on, uh, like you said, mounting some of the things I've already done, uh, of course, I got to do something new as well. So um, so yeah, so I have my hands in all that. The bottom line is making a difference in one way or another. By gosh, we're going to do it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you will. You're a busy lady and you're determined.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. We're running out of time, but uh, thank you so much. Um, and I want to tell the audience, make sure you check out Andrea's foundation. Did you repeat where they can find it again? Sure. Uh, you know,
1: one 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 thing that's easy to remember is my old fashioned email address. It's one right answer, O N E r-i-g-h-t-a-n-s-w-e-r at aol.com yes (laughs) aol.com so if you write me there you will absolutely find me call me 718-812-4252 call me um and I hope you um, have a
0: screener for that
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not worried you know okay I'm in good shape. Uh, You put good vibes out, you always get good stuff back. So, um, so yeah, I feel good about that. I'm confident about that. I'm happy to help. And, um, and that's it. Yeah, build my circle, you know, of people that help me and I can help more people, you
0: know. Great, great. Well, thank you, Andrea, for joining us. And audience, that's our time for today. And until next week, consider yourself blacklit.